This is Rugger Matrix International, the world's leading independent rugby podcast quoted more than anyone else. It's no wonder that our major partner is Strike, Australia's leading provider of Bluetooth car kits, so you can stay safe in your car and avoid hefty fines. So go hands-free with Strike. Enter the code RUGGERMATRIX and you'll get 10% off. Go to strike.com.au to get your discount. Rugger Matrix also brought to you by mybean.com.au. We sell at roasters' prices. Let's get it on. Hello and welcome to Rugger Matrix International, episode 198, Ireland Rising. I'm your host, Juro Sen. We've been off for a few weeks, a couple of months actually, but don't worry about that. We're back and so is the cash cow. Mark Kabanabar, Pinky Cashcow Cashman. Good As day you can to see, you. Bronk rocking the beard and uh, fresh from a national rugby championship season with the mighty North Harbour race. Yeah, great good experience. Job. Good job. Uh, the media manager there, and uh, you obviously learnt a lot from uh, your mentor to your right. Speaking of mentors, and it's not Johnny Depp over our shoulder. Look at him. Unbelievable. Rocking the uh, goatee beard. And it's not the master out of Doctor Who for our UK fans. It is the one and only Les Kiss. If we were going to come back, we had to come back with the Kiss Man. How are you? Looking fantastic. Looking a million bucks, or should I say a million euros? <laughs> Jeez, I wish I was, mate. But uh, good to see you, Bronk. And uh, Santa Claus there on your left. Uh, good to catch up, Cash Cow. Yeah, Les, listen, uh, leading into Christmas, always a bit of money to be made with a, uh, with a grey beard or a white beard, as it almost is. <laughs> I mean, I've seen plenty around here already over here with the uh, the mulled wine in hand, uh, <laughs> little girls in the lap, few photos, so it's all happening here at Christmas time, that's for sure. Uh, absolutely. I think he's more like Papa Smurf, really, but uh, <laughs> that's another thing. Les, uh, as you join us, uh, it's a hectic uh, autumn series already. Some outstanding uh, couple of uh, weeks of action in rugby. We really want to get into you about how things have developed under Joe Schmidt. Obviously, um, I'm, I'm seeing some clear tactics, and you will be key in that. But after a, a great start to the series against South Africa, and I can't wait for this game coming up, actually, against Australia. It's going to be wonderful against Michael Checkers Wallabies. Kissy, um, firstly, let's go back to the, um, the, the start of the series against South Africa. Everyone is uh, heaping praise on Ireland. They're saying you're smokies for the World Cup. It was an impressive uh, effort, both in attack and defence. You must be pretty happy with it. Yeah, well, happy is probably a good word for it. We're also very guarded. Uh, we're certainly not run, losing the run of ourselves. Uh, it's a one-off test, and uh, every test you come up into is a, is a one-off uh, situation. So... Uh, just because you do something good today doesn't guarantee you anything tomorrow, uh, and that's the approach we're taking. Uh, it's it's actually a um, uh, you know a couple of good steps for us in certain respects, but uh, we just got to keep our feet in the ground. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, Les, isn't it? Uh, generational change with Brian O'Driscoll uh, retiring and uh, not on the scene this year, but uh, seems to me that your centre combination is uh, is clicking along uh, very very nicely. Jared Payne's a, uh, a, a, a good recruitment and uh, the, the other guys in there are, are doing particularly well. Yeah, well, it was a, an opportunity to try something new with uh, you know, Robbie Henshaw at 12 against the, the box and uh, Jared Payne at 13. Um, it's something that was spoken about for a little while and uh, you know, it, it, it worked out, that's for sure. 
Um, they perform quite well, but um, you know, with uh, Jared's injury that he had, uh, it's a bit of a shame. But uh, hopefully, we will see that he'd be okay for this week. Well, there's. Uh, I think that some of the tactics are clear. I, I noticed when you um, we played South Africa that. Um, uh, and there's a really good, uh, the score's thrown up a pretty good blog about this in, in Ireland, about your tactics. Uh, a very limited passing game, but uh, a lot of work at the breakdown to make sure you outmuscled them. Um, but you also made sure that uh, not only did you outmuscle them, that you, you, you actually made good use of that ball. So you not only, I think in a way, you almost played a rugby league style of, of, of rugby. Um, is that a fair enough sort of a, a assessment of how you played, or, or was it too simplified? Yeah, look, we we have a, a game plan that's um, you know based around being strong in our basics, uh, and I I don't think um, uh, uh, it's something that's quite it, it's as obvious. Uh, a lot of people talking about different variations of tactics and all that, but ultimately uh, we know what's delivering things for us at uh, uh, at the moment, and it is really wrapped around doing the basics very well uh, and being technically sound um, and if you you get that at the right measure with a bit of passion and heart um, you, you're always going to be in a good place you know the, the truth is in international rugby every team or every player playing for their country will have a lot of pride and passion about their game and uh, uh, you know it's it, it's it becomes quite even in that respect. So then, you know, hopefully the edge can come from being very good at what you do in terms of the basics of the game, and that's what we focus on. But in terms of how you performed at the breakdown, it was significant, and uh, I think uh, maybe unexpected for the South Africans uh, tactically to put up against. But you had to combine that with uh, a synergy in defence, didn't you? And that's that's everything in rugby, but particularly crucial if you're, you're putting numbers into that breakdown and you're not ready to um, defend at the same time you're in trouble and you managed to do that quite well balance uh the aggressiveness in attack with your defense yeah we we talk about the game being a, a complete whole rather than a whole separate um lot of parts um it, it, it's always uh, a conundrum in the game if you focus too much on the parts and you don't get synergy with the game coming together from defense attack which Les, the, has i think always game. been a problem for the game with the uh the uh, the compartments, you know, the, the separate coaches. You know, rugby gets carried away, and even in the amateur days, had a lot of separate coaches. And 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 with the good teams are the ones that, like Randwick, had brought everything together in, in in Sydney club rugby, for example. Yeah, and I think different models uh, uh, can work for sure, uh, but it's sometimes the. Uh, the nature of what you're trying to put together may be something you say, uh, but it doesn't actually come through. And I, I guess uh, for us, it's a big focus to ensure that our, our set piece works closely with what we're trying to achieve in attack. Uh, and also in terms of um, if we're defending a set piece, that we're, it, it, it synergizes with what we're trying to achieve in defense. And uh, uh, every team's, I guess, attempting to do that. Uh, we're still not perfect by any means, but it's but it's important for us to ensure that we have a, a you know a strong whole game, uh, making sure that our, each part is strong, obviously, and that's why the the specialist coaches are important. Uh, but it's also uh, important that to understand that the parts uh, 
um, although they may be strong, if they're stronger together, you're in a, in a better place. But we, we know we've still got a fair bit of work to do in some areas and, um, uh, and that's our challenge going forward. Liz, I've, I've been watching a fair, fair amount of the NFL uh, in recent months and uh, there's an emphasis on the, on the quarterbacks, uh, you know, the stats for the quarterbacks. And I, I suppose this is a parallel to uh, a fly half in, uh, in rugby and you've got a pretty handy one there now who seems to be blossoming post uh, Brian O'Driscoll. That's Johnny Sexton. Yeah, well, Sexto's, uh, you know, a class player. He, I've, I've seen him grow uh, from the time I, I come to Ireland. Uh, you know, he was just trying to break into the first grade scene here and um, I, I, I've seen him come into the Irish team and flourish. Um, he was at the last World Cup and had a couple of good games there and, you know, he's won a couple of Heineken Cup trophies. Uh, you know, he's really developed well and I don't think uh, you could argue that he's probably in the, in the, in the top two at least of our fly halves in the world at the moment in terms of having consistent effectiveness in his game. Uh, uh, you know, his, his game's developed across the park. He's, he's always been a good ball carrier, passer. You know, he's got some strength, a good, strong defender. His kicking game's becoming more astute. Uh, so he's been a, a fairly, you know, integral part of our team uh, for a number of games. Uh, and one of the real pleasing things is that we do have, you know, uh, some real good support underneath it in terms of uh, uh, Ian Madigan and Paddy Jackson, uh, and, and Ian Keatley's been very playing very well for Munster as well. So um, it, it's nice to have that strength under it as well. Not that you'd like to lose Sexto, that's for sure. But if he's around, he's playing at, at, at full fitness. He's, he's one of the best in the world, that's for sure. How have you been able to manage the situation with him playing in France and all that sort of stuff? Because increasingly, that is going to happen because. Players are going to go where where the better money is, and at the moment that's uh, that's in France. Yeah, and 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 you'd have to look at the Premiership as well, English Premiership. They've they've uh, moved their salary cap a bit, and they've got the access to uh, to buy another marquee player at, at a lot of dollars. So it, there's more pressure from there as well. But the top fourteen certainly um, uh, a lot of the clubs have you know deep pockets, and um, they're, they're willing to spend it. Um, but we've been very fortunate here, um, you know, since uh, Sexto went to Racing. I know Joe's done a lot of uh, lot of work in terms of um, maintaining a relationship there with uh, Racing as best he can to ensure that, 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 that Johnny's also getting, you know, looked after. Uh, it doesn't always work out, but, um, you know, that's, that's, that's part of the deal when someone's overseas. And, and, you know, we do prefer players to stay at home and, and stay in Ireland for sure. And, and Joe's worked uh, tirelessly to try and um, ensure that that it stays that way. You know, we've had some really good success lately with, um, you know, Jamie Heaslip and Sean O'Brien last year um, staying on uh, despite big offers from France. Um, Rob Carney and Tommy Bow have just recently penned uh, deals to stay in Ireland. Uh, so there are some good things that are happening. And, and as you know, uh, Johnny Sexton, is, he's, he's coming back as of next year. Um, so... Yeah, if you try and compete on dollars alone, it, it's difficult uh, because it, it, we just don't have that same resource. Uh, but if you if you compete on other fronts, um, uh, you're a chance. And you know we compete on the fact that our, our provinces are are well looked after by the the central union, the RFU. RFU. The players have a, a good management system, so we look after them. And 
and try to provide them with good medical service as well as keeping them as fresh as possible and, and managing the minutes that they that they play and train. Uh, so it makes their career longer, uh, and it's also the comforts of home uh, that are important. And um, uh, if you combine those things, perhaps then you've got a bit of a package that can actually compete against the big dollars. And, and uh, I know Joe's been working tirelessly on that and doing a fairly good job on it. The other thing too is culture. Australia has struggled with that of recent times. And we saw a change in coach and uh, a lot of ugly stuff happening in and out of the press and behind the scenes with the Wallabies. Uh, I guess the environment you create there, Les, um, you know, it's, I know working with you, it's always uh, fun to be around you and you, you switch on when you need to switch on. Is, is Joe, does Joe create a, a good environment for the players to be happy to perform? Clearly the results are there thus far, but um, how do you find him in, in creating that environment that, that brings excellence, but obviously wants, you know, keeps the players hungry and happy to be around? Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, Joe's uh, got a methodology that's really effective, um, demands, uh, you know, excellence, as you say. Um, and it's not so much uh, uh, that, the, that the environment is set only by Joe and the coaches here. It's it's once we establish as a group what it means to us and and, and uh, what it should look like and what it should feel like. It's it's about the players and the leadership group and the players ensuring that that environment is uh, does reflect what we say is important to us. And um, you know, I think that's probably one of the keys. The players really buy into what it's all about. And um, you know, in my time here. In Ireland, they've been integral to what has been successful in the past. The players and and, and they've really driven what uh, Joe and, and and us as coaches and management are trying to build. And um, at the moment, uh, you know, we we would be harder on ourselves than anyone else. And I think that's uh, important for us. But we also understand that. Um, yeah, to get where we would like to go, there's still a lot of hard work to do, and 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 we do have a really strong work ethic in the camp here. And one of those with the greatest of work ethics is Paul O'Connell. Um, he's about as old as you now, Kissy, but he's still going all right. Uh, what a what a tremendous athlete! And you know he mixed it up with the uh, massive units from South Africa enormously, and uh, his work on and off the ball was was tremendous. I mean, how much do you put on his shoulders for leading the way? Oh, there's a lot there, massive. Um, he's a consummate leader. He's, he's unbelievable, really. Um, it was funny, after the Springbok match, you have your usual dinners as they do over up, uh, up here in the Northern Hemisphere. And uh, uh, he, he thanked Victor, obviously Victor Matfield, for a couple of things, but in particular for giving uh, young 35-year-olds like himself a chance <laughs> going into the future. Uh, so they are, it, it, it is amazing when you've got Victor at the age, I think he's what, 36, 37, and he's still going strong. He, he is still playing some really good, smart rugby. And um, and Paul O'Connell, he just seems to be getting, um, you know, savvier and savvier as a leader and, and is working his bollocks off uh, on and off the ball. Um, he, he, he's, he's certainly an inspirational type of person and uh, the players respond greatly to him. He's, he's, he's massive in terms of his impact on the group. Um, but we do have a leadership group that he does lean on and rely on, and um, and overall, you know, I think it's important, important, important part of his leadership is that he holds himself to the standards as hard as anyone else. Um, so he leads by example, but also uh, he's not exempt from having to 
to aim up to those standards and to be held accountable to them by anyone in the group. And uh, uh, that makes him a quality person as well. Well, Cash, I hope his bollocks are okay. <laughs> let's uh, let's not talk about that for the moment, uh, Bronk. But uh, Les, generally in these November internationals, you get some sort of sniff of an idea about where the game is heading. The uh, the south comes to the north, and uh, you know, people are trialling a few things. Uh, what what have you seen in the first couple of weeks of these November internationals? You know, across the board, you know, has has there been a a major restructuring of, of the game, the way it's being played, you know, some new ideas thrown in there? Yeah, it's interesting because you you play within your um, hemispheres uh, in your main competitions, Six Nations, etc. Um, uh, the champions, uh, what's it called down there, guys? Sorry. So the rugby, <laughs> rugby championship. Yeah, rugby championship, name. yeah. I keep thinking of four nations yeah. in the back of my head. No, but I keep thinking the rugby championship. No, yeah. I'm with but, you, um, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and there is cross-pollination of um, through Super super uh, 15 and um, and uh, the rugby championship down there across the, the countries and up here as well. But the big question, as you say, Kasha, happens when, when the north and the south meet and in in any form of uh, test rugby uh and i guess one of the real driving factors for anything that's happening in the game or trending in the game at the moment is that the world cup is played in england uh, in a 12 months time or less than 12 months time it'll be played in england and a lot of the southern hemisphere teams are obviously uh, using it as a as a yardstick in terms of of how they perform or how they deal with the conditions etc now i know you know um, I know that each game doesn't actually indicate whether you're going to succeed or not next year, but it's certainly um, uh, a focus of the Southern teams to come up here and experience conditions, expo- expose certain players, um, or all their players, and expose their systems to to what they will expect up, uh, all they what they will um, uh, experience here, and um, and then they can make some adapts adaptions from there. Uh, I think. Other parts of the game that are, that are evolving, I, I think the, a, a big thing in the game is is that the set piece will will still become a strong part, stay a strong part of the game. Uh, a team that can maul well, it, it, it's hard to defend mauls. So a team that can get a maul going and and, and and use it as a weapon, not only to uh, uh, to hurt a team psychologically, but also to to open up opportunities for for attack. Um, it's going to become a, a bigger weapon, I think, in the game. Um, the scrum, albeit the fact that you know the refs do get it wrong at times, and um, you take your good with your bad, but I still think it's going to ma- maintain its uh, integrity in the game. And I think, uh, you know, it's it, there's certain parts of the scrum that are some teams use it purely for a penalty machine and to pull penalties, and some teams are, are using it as as a platform to 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 establish some type of um, foothold in the game with their backs, uh, and each team will have their own different philosophy on that. But um, uh, the the other parts of the game, uh, Casho, that, that 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 are interesting in, in my view is that defence is becoming um, uh, or the actual tackle, sorry, the tackle area is becoming an area where a lot of some teams will just throw one tackler in and never commit anyone to that ruck and just keep filling the line and they do it um, 
uh, as their default. Uh, other teams will mix it up a little bit. Uh, so different tactics are prevailing around that area as well. And and uh, you know from what I've seen uh, in, in a lot of the rugby, particularly Super Super Rugby, uh, a lot of teams will just do that, just tackle and fill the line. But um, up in the north here, a lot of teams will vary that depending. And I guess conditions do do play a part in that at times. If it's if it's a wet or a sticky or a, or a dewy filled night uh, and cold. You can actually probably compete more because it is difficult, more difficult to move the ball around. But um, but uh, you know, so the the different tactics that are used in that area, I think, something that will evolve as well. Les, um, I know we talked about it in detail when it happened, but that agonising loss loss at home to the All Blacks. Uh, do you still think that wasn't wasn't a bad thing to happen, um, given the development it's, you've had? I know, I know it was painful. Terrible thing. Terrible. It was a terrible thing at the time, but geez. You know, uh, when that happens to you, almost like an injustice, you, d- you are driven. It's human nature that you'll be driven more. And on the back of your tour, you went so close and then copped a bit of a toweling towards the back end of that tour in, in, in New Zealand. I mean, New Zealand, uh, are obviously the benchmark, and, and any time you can perform against them, Les, is a, is a huge effort. I mean, if you could take Kieran Reid out of this side, you'd be going well. I mean, he's just an absolute freak. But, uh, I mean, those little lessons against the All Blacks, I mean, are they the ones that you learn most from? Well, you'd, yeah, there's no doubt you'd, you'd learn a lot from them. I, we played them in Christchurch uh, a few years ago, and uh, uh, we nearly got the money. It was a draw, and then they got a field goal late to, um, uh, to win the game. Uh, the game we had at the Viva, you know, uh, it was tough, but we also, t- uh, as a team, took responsibility for where we let it slip, and uh, we went over that in detail. And uh, and I guess it's not so much the result, uh, whether we won or lost it, it's what you learn from it. And I think we have taken some lessons from it. Um, uh, but I wouldn't say that's made us complete in any way. I think it's... it's uh, you know, if you took the team that played there, there's different players involved at the moment. Um, so you've got new players coming in, and you're trying to ensure that everyone stays up to up to speed with where you're trying to develop as a team. Um, so that challenge is ongoing. But you know, all the experiences you have against uh, the big nations has always served you well. Uh, I guess one of the things would it be nice to be able to play them a little bit more often, just to get that yardstick, I guess. And uh, um, and that's probably one of the advantages that. Uh, the, the Springboks and the Aussies do have because they do do play them a fair bit and um, uh, and even though they do they're still difficult to beat aren't they <laughs> yeah it doesn't help <laughs> it doesn't help Cash <laughs> uh, it certainly doesn't uh, talking of the Wallabies Les uh, it's it, it's a fresh deck it's it's a new coach uh, a guy not unfamiliar to it in, in, everyone in Ireland uh, Mike, Michael Checker what's he going to bring to the table and I just get the feeling they're a bit more dangerous with check in charge. I think they were dangerous anyway. Um, I've got a lot of respect for what players are in that group. Um, there is a massive amount of attacking power in it. There's a, and a massive amount of creativity and ambition in that team to actually um, play play good rugby. Uh, and when you've got the likes of a, you know, a, a Falau sitting at the back... Um, to do the damage, type of damage he can do, they're they're a very dangerous, potent team. You know, I think I think uh, uh, Czech will obviously bring his flavour to it. Uh, you saw what he did in two years with the Waratahs. Uh, he did did similar here with Leinster. 
uh, some time ago, uh, built a formidable uh, uh, culture and, 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 and squad um, in his time here and, and won a Heineken Cup. So he, he has success in those things. So there's no doubt that, that Checker will bring something different. Um, but I think they've always been a dangerous team. And um, I, I, you know, every World Cup, they seem to just get to a point where they're getting better and better leading up to it. And uh, uh, I, I don't see anything different happening this time. They're going to be a threat for sure. Can you put your Renault Waratahs uh, man? Uh, did you shed a tear? You know when that uh, when that full time siren at uh, at Aussie uh, ANZ Stadium uh, sounded. Um, I think I tipped a beer, mate. That was what I did. I was uh, I tipped a beer and a tear. No, no, there was no tears. I was really happy for the boys. I I, I was home uh, over summer, uh, or it was winter in Australia there for a couple of weeks. I, I zipped home for a quick stay, and uh, I managed to get to the Waratahs versus Brumbies match at the uh, at the big stadium there, and I was really impressed and 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 uh, met up with a few of the boys afterwards, and I could tell that they were on a mission, and and I it was I was was not surprised that they went through and, and, and won that series. Um, I caught up with, with Nathan Gray, uh, had a good chat to him and, you know, very impressive how he's developed as a coach and, uh, you know, Checker's there, but he's also brought a very good lieutenant with him in, in Grazie and, and, you know, his influence will come through with the uh, for the Wallabies as well. So, you know, he, he's a smart guy, Check. He's put some good people around him and, um, uh, you know, He'll do it his way, and I th- and I think um, uh, we'll see a real potent unit uh, come World Cup time. Yeah, he's got some big selection decisions to make too. Uh, I think it's 31 players you can take to the World Cup, and and when I, when we look through the list of players, you know, we 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 do a big dossier on all the players in each of the nations, and he's got a lot of good players to pick from, and uh, it, it's going to be a hard job to to know who to keep out. That's yeah, sure absolutely. Yeah, Kissy, can you put in pers- into perspective the enormity of the Waratahs win? Because we know that there are more than just uh, the games every week. The politics, uh, the uh, the dramas in New South Wales rugby. We threw a lot at it, even at our time. We went close in a couple of finals there. But for Checker to come in and really shake the joint up and, and get that New South Wales trophy... Um, or the trophy for New South Wales, it was pretty damn good. I, I had my doubts that it could yeah. ever be done. Yeah, well, I I must say, um, as I said, when I was where that, there that week and I saw them and, and play at the stadium, at the, from that point, I you know I, I strongly believe that they would win the competition. Um, I thought the key thing for them was to get the home final, uh, and it was the Crusaders, and as, as you know, we've we've played them over there twice for our for our opportunity some years back now and we just couldn't nail it over there so getting the home final was a, a fairly important thing as well and uh you know they were good enough to do that for a start which gave them a, a, a you know big upper hand but in terms of what you're saying i think it is massive i think it's uh, uh you know to get the biggest city in in, in the country uh with uh, probably uh, a team that Everyone would have expected to do a little bit more than they have. Uh, to get that over the line at last is a massive coup uh, or a massive play by Checker, and he's done exceptionally well. It's, um, you know, I think uh, he also had the smarts to put really good people around him um, mm. in terms of attack and defence. Um, uh, and and I think the type of environment that he does put in place, uh, you know, players, if you're not good enough, you find yourself out of the place. And, 
and it's not like Czech has to make the decision. You just know you're not good enough for it, and uh, you have to stand up and aim up. In the, and uh, I think uh, you know you had enough players who were who were good enough to do that, and it made a big difference. But I, I back to your original question, I think it's massive for for uh, New South Wales rugby for sure to see the Waratahs win. I think it's a uh, uh, it should serve them well going forward. That's for sure. Now, Les, in the closing stages of that game. Uh, we saw uh, the Crusaders perform two box kicks and, and give possession back. In the test between Australia and Wales, in the last minute of the play, uh, Bernard Foley kicked the ball back to Wales and then had to go through a bit more stoppage time to defend. Uh, to me, that seems incredible that you'd kick the ball away when it's proven if you can uh, retain the ball and just throw your numbers in, you can play at the last minute 30 seconds. Um, as a coach, what, what what do you see in that when that happens, and is there any place for for kicking the ball away and giving the opposition a free hit at you in the closing stages? And that they, they were crucial crucial parts of the game. If you've got possession, um, with a minute to play, at any, yeah, well, any time of the game, the truth is that the game is now being legislated a lot more and and, people, and the rules are being reffed in the right way that you if you're good and clinical you, you can keep your ball pretty well and it, and it's it's getting more difficult to get the ball back that's for sure from a defensive perspective so you're right why give it back easily why give it uh, someone cheap cheap ball in that in that respect um, you know if we go back to the fact that we uh, uh, when we played the all blacks we had control of that ball in the last minute and uh, uh, we gave a penalty away with the ball. Mm. Uh, you know, just didn't give the right picture to the referee and he had a, had a chance to put his hand up and it was a penalty and suddenly the All Blacks have the ball and um, you know, a few minutes later, uh, they're scoring in the corner in injury time. So the ball was given back cheaply in terms of um, you know, poor technique really. So uh, if, if you can back your technique in terms of ball retention and, and your ball carry and your, and your clean out, uh, if you can back that, you, you can build pressure into the game for sure. And uh, uh, yeah, massive fan of of that of uh, being able to be good enough in the last minutes of a game, even if they go to injury time, to actually have the uh, the mindset, uh, the fitness, and 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 the, and the skill and technique to be able to keep possession and close the game out is is going to become important because uh, once you give it over. If the other team can actually do that, they'll keep the ball for a long time, and um, and it's, it's, it's no secret that you know defence does does have a, a psychological effect on you and, and a physical effect on and how you can stay in the game. So I, I'm a fan for trying to keep it as long as you can. Yeah, Kissy, I think it's almost um, because rugby is a bit different, like NFL and other really stoppage um, laden sports like that. I think it's the players maybe not thinking in the moment, and I think that's probably more the concern. Like they're just automatically doing something, and I think one of the one of the go-to's like the box kick. Like the Tars told us, Dave Dennis told us that it's banned by the Waratahs, and they never used it all year. And look what happened with them. And I just think if it's a go-to thing, you're not thinking about it, um, then it happens. So I think it's a there's a big thing to be said here, Kissy, that in there needs to be um, a reliance, you know, on uh, knowing where you are in the game and, and thinking, hold on, what am I doing here, kicking this ball? 
yeah. and if we're fractured in defence, like we could we could lose the game and we should lock it down. I just think it's it's maybe just this automatic That's a good thing. Good point. Uh, yeah, good point. And should the call and how do you, out, like close it down? Yeah, yeah, and, and how do you change something that's automatic that's mm. not serving what you want in the game? You've got to change that habit. Um, and by the sounds of it, check changed the habit and said it's not acceptable if you do it. And I'm pretty sure early on they would have felt, oh, I'll go to default, I'll, I'll, I'll box kick, and uh, they would have got bollocks for it. You know what I mean? It, the, the, the bottom line is, uh, you know, if, if, it, if it's not part of your plan and, and you give feedback to uh, to show why it's not necessary to use and if you, you're consistent with your message, you can change the habits and that doesn't become a default anymore. So... Uh, um, it's it's easy to say it, but to back it up and say don't do it and then and then and then uh, see that come to fruition that's the key I guess because uh, it is a get out for people isn't it the box kick it sort of becomes oh the ball's slow we'll just box mm. kick it and uh, uh, you know we'll find another solution elsewhere but uh, um, ultimately what we've seen with the Waratahs, and I wasn't aware of that's, that that's what happened and, and what they did, but um, it certainly paid dividends for them. And Les, this, this goes on to the philosophical argument about uh, having having a clear message with, with a test side, with a national team, because uh, a test team, a national, uh, a national side is selected. Uh, the ones below that are contracted, aren't they? So you've got to be 100% clear about the message about how you want to play and what suits your particular way of winning rugby games? Yeah, that's exactly right. And um, and the nature of international rugby is you don't get a lot of uh, time to actually to put that into place. Um, and you've got to use your time um, you know, very effectively in terms of getting that message across. Uh, one of the biggest opportunities you get to do that in the Northern Hemisphere is obviously the Six Nations campaign because you do get them for, you know, a fair slab uh, of time, you know, from start to finish, you know, anywhere from about eight to nine weeks uh, until you get to the last game. So you can start to inculcate this type of things that you want in terms of, of the clear message about how you want to play and, and, and some of your non-negotiables, etc. Uh, Obviously, the rugby championship is a great opportunity um, for the southern teams to actually put that together and um, uh, and nail that type of philosophy and, and, uh, that they want to put in place. Uh, but you have, if you haven't got a clear picture about it, if it has got ambiguity and it's not quite clear, and people interpret in the team interpret things differently to the other, then then you can't really get a complete game together. You've got to be very, very certain about what's important and, and not only what's important, but why it's important and then how you do it. If everyone's on the same page in that respect, then then you're, you're a chance of, um, of of nailing, you know, the big games and, and nailing a bit of consistency in terms of getting results you want. Aviva, is it developing into a, a fortress for you, Les? Uh, clearly uh, great crowds, um, tremendous atmosphere. And uh, as a fan of the old Lansdowne Road, which uh, had an unbelievable character, you've really, um, really got this modern stadium working for you. And, uh, you know, against the Australians, you'll, I guess you'll need all that support. Yeah, look, it is, it is be, uh, becoming a real uh, ground of good atmosphere. Um, you know, over the time since it's opened, there's been some massive games there, some... You know, playing the English there is always big, and and winning those big games has always been massive. Um, 
and, and and the more you win there and the more that you present uh, to to your to your fans and your supporters um, a solid group of, of people who are uh, willing to do you know some fairly damaging things to their own body for that for that jersey in front of their fans and and, and they appreciate it yeah. then, then I think the fans are doing you, some that, damaging work to their bodies yeah, too in the grandstand yeah, yeah, depend, depends <laughs> what time the game's on if it's a 5 30 you know they've, they've had a bit of good a good time in Ballsbridge there and then mm-hmm. and come up to the game in, in good spirits but you know Aviva's a fantastic stadium really and um uh I think uh it's like any stadium in the world if, if you if you if you're presenting something good, then the people will get behind you. Les, uh, can I ask you about specifics on the Australian team? Uh, Michael Hooper is a, is a young captain in the in the making. He's making some errors in the moment, I think, tactically. But I think he's, he's you can't question his drive and his passion. But for, for a relatively small player, gee, he's unbelievably physical. Some power runs against Wales were amazing. He set up that first try for Israel Folau was unbelievable with his ball work. I mean, how do you, when you look at um, this guy, and he pulls off some massive hits too. In fact, in the last minute of that play, uh, Casho, if you remember, um, when Foley put that kick up, uh, he came up with a massive hit, a front-on tackle. He's, he's definitely got it all. He's got a big motor too, and he can run, run, run. Uh, firstly, your impressions of him, his development, um, and uh, how do you shut a guy like him down? Um. Well, it's, he's a tough one to close down. I tell you, it's, he's, he's a massive player. Um, I remember when he was on the bench when Pocock was around, and, and Pocock's a pretty handy player too. Uh, and he used to get his little cameos, and you always just, you always used to think, "Wow, this has always got something." Uh, uh, but but when he got his chance on a consistent basis, he went from strength to strength. I think he's he's developed uh, wonderfully as a as a seven, and I. I would venture to say that since he's been given the captaincy, we've seen another form of growth in and his game. Uh, look, I won't comment on his tactical decisions in terms of um, whether they're right or wrong, but that, that you just learn through those things, and I think that's one of his capacity. He learns um, uh, exceptionally well uh, from game to game or during a game. You know, he's he's just got this uh, beyond beyond his carry power and his acceleration and his. Um, you know his damage and the tackle work and and all that. He's just got a huge motor, but he, but he he's a smart footballer as well. Um, you know he gets the things early because he reads it early. He, he's in the right place because he understands that that's where the opportunity may be. And um, uh, I think on top of that too, he, he has a very. Um, I think he's got the disposition to be a leader for a long time there, um, and uh, you know he's a dangerous. He's a dangerous proposition going forward. That's for sure. If he if he if he stays fit and um, is there for the World Cup and all the experience he's had between now and then, I, I think you'll see a pretty complete product. That's for sure. Les, Les you, you were talking about the the importance of these November internationals earlier and uh, on on the on having a bearing on the on the Rugby World Cup in England, which is obviously being played in England. Uh, you you guys are going along with with a philosophy of selection that that you have a bigger back row. Can anyone afford to have a, a smaller number seven, which Michael Hooper is? If you're Michael Hooper, you can, I think. Yeah, I think he's phenomenal. Uh, I think he can fit any team. I think if he was at the All Blacks, uh, 
you know, they wouldn't drop him. That's for sure. It's a, I know it's a big call, but Richie hasn't been around for a while. If Richie, <laughs> Richie's one of the best ever. But I think they'd welcome, if Richie wasn't here, they'd welcome Hooper any day. But I, look, I'd, you know, you can get caught with, with, with size only. I think there's a lot of factors that come into your back row and, and, and how you, how you, uh, find the combination and the mix that works um you need line out coverage you need you know good carry power you need you know groundhog you need a lot of things and um uh you know if if um if you only get caught up in size then you might compromise one of those things so you know michael looper fits the package beautifully i i think the key is 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 what you select around him um it you know i, I look at uh marcel katsia you know he's a he can play six, seven, or eight for the Springboks. Uh, he, he can do decent enough line at work. He's a ball carrier of immense power, and he's got uh, he's a good groundhog. You know, he's he's a fairly complete back rower, and um, and he's I know he's got a fair bit of size about him. Um, but you know, a player like that who can cover each position and do it exceptionally well is also uh, invaluable. Um, and that's the beauty of what the box can do. They can put big guys around him or more taller guys, and uh, uh, and and he still plays his significant part. I think Michael Hooper's Michael Michael Hooper's key is that he is um, just a, such a such a brilliant brilliant um, uh, player first and foremost. But I think he's developing into a, a really deadly leader, and uh, uh, we'd have to worry about him. From you know we. You know, I look at different teams and how they they, they select their back row, and you, you know, you're always trying to understand not only the individuals in it, um, but you're also trying to understand what the combination brings. And I think that's important in, in any test team that the combination. What does that bring you? Les, yes, absolutely. Les, you always have something special when you play Australia. A little tactic in defence. You got something special in that uh, area this weekend? Uh, yeah, maybe some baseball bats the night before, so some of them can't play. <laughs> Um, the, no, look, uh, the, um, the last time we, we turned out against the, the Wallabies, uh, here in Aviva, it wasn't a good day for us. Um, you know, they, uh, they, they got a bit of a head of steam on, on a few errors that we made in the game and, um, by our own admission, we were disappointed with it. Uh, so, uh, from our perspective, we know we can improve from that. It wasn't really, I think it was our second game. As a group together uh, with Joe, and um, yeah, then the next game we we, we we came close to doing the All Blacks. So um, um, I think we grew with, with each of the games. As I said earlier, whether you win or lose, you've got a uh, the strength of the team is how you grow from your from your experience. Um, I think in terms of Australia and in, in a defensive capacity, uh, I think they're building more and more weapons across the park. I I think. Um, I mentioned Israel Folau earlier, but Kudrani. Yeah, sorry. Um, so I'm getting a bit tired. It's a bit late here. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> he, he's, he's really come back in a superb form um, and is a great foil for them. Um, you know, Adam Ashley Cooper, uh, you know, 100 plus test now, and um, you know, he, he's certainly a danger across the park. And then you know, I just can't. Uh, stop there. You look at their wingers. They they've got some really, really um, uh, dangerous players on on the other wing as well. If they could bring Spate in, he's a superb player. He's, mm. he's as dangerous as ever. Taman and Curly back uh, is back get, in the squad too. He's come yeah, to join yeah. the Australians yeah, in Cur- as well. Curtly's Curtly as well. You got you know you can mix it up in the twelve area with Tamura or 
Leofano, you know, I mean, they, they've got such good options now. And, um, you know, from a defensive tactical perspective, it's, uh, it's uh, well, hopefully what we put up there works. But um, one of the key things with an Australian team is um, you know that they will they will find a way, no matter what. They, the, the Aussies are great at that. They'll just find a way to, to work a team out and wear them down and, and, and find the scores. And I, I just think that it's a, a, a massive... Um, a massive thing you have to do with the Wallabies. You have to be willing to roll the sleeves up for 80-plus minutes. Well, it's just, uh, just, just quickly, uh, Aussies, uh, Aussies in the UK. How's Kane Douglas settling in at uh, Leinster? Andrew Smith is down at Munster. Of course, Lord Laurie over there at, uh, at Gloucester. Ben Teo, too. He broke his arm in, uh, for Leinster as well. Yeah, such an innocuous event, too, for Ben Teo. It's a shame. But, um, you know, he, he, he was building into that game, actually. And... Um, uh, you know, 25, 30 minutes into the game, he's 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 um, um, broken his broken his wrist, but uh, I think he's only about four or five weeks away from now at most. Um, uh, Kane Douglas, uh, you know, he's working his way into into what, how he fits into the length of the team. Um, uh, in the same game, he knocked himself out, so he had to leave the field as well. So that was interesting. Um, but he, uh, you know, you know, he's going to be a a very good part of the of the Leinster of the Leinster group over the, over the next couple of years. He, he's a he's a class acquisition. Yeah, it's interesting seeing Laurie um, over in Gloucester uh, doing a good job. Uh, uh, probably disappointing their result in the weekend. Um, you know, uh, losing to the Harlequins. Um, it, it just put them back in the sixth or seventh spot in the ladder. But they had a it didn't start well, but they've certainly developed nicely and. Um, you know, they're trying to be build to be a force again in 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 the Premiership and and get themselves into that European uh, top six of the. If you get in the top six of the of the Premiership, you you'll play Europe in the in the following year. So um, they'll be fighting hard to stay in there and give themselves every chance. But um, he's a he's a class coach, Laurie, and and I think Gloucester will improve with him there. There were a few rumours that George Burgess was heading uh, to uh, Gloucester as well, but that's been scotched by uh, Sam Burgess. Now, what do you hear about Sam over at Bath? Uh, obviously, he's coming back from that f- savage facial injury in the NRL Grand Final, where he helped deliver South Sydney their first in about 42 years or so um, yeah, in the yeah. rugby league. But uh, Jesus, a massive arrival! They were so excited. Excited, there's calling it Burgess, Burgess mania. Um, he uh, and uh, Mike Ford so excited. Do you think he will play in the World Cup for England? Ooh, that's a big, big, big question mark. That one. I'm not sure if it's too early for him, but. Um, it just depends where they settle him into a position. Uh, if he's if he's going to be thrown around too many different positions, uh, you know, it's hard to get your, your your teeth into this into the into rugby if you're moving around too much. So um, I think first and foremost, uh, as if they have uh, you know little experimentation with him, you know, maybe try him in one or two positions, but uh, commit to something fairly early and give him time to develop in that position. He can be a chance because he's a class player. How, how do you rate him as a rugby league forward? Because some are throwing yeah, him was... up there as one of the greats of all time. Les, you uh, obviously know the game very well and played with some of the greats. Uh, where do you rate him? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I certainly ran away from some of those greats because I didn't <laughs> want to get hurt, that's for sure. But um, he, 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 yeah, look, what I've seen of him play, and I've you know, watched a few games, he's certainly a pretty, com- pretty complete product. Um, uh, whether I put him up in the greats, I'm not sure, but I, he wouldn't be far off it for sure. He is a good quality player. I, I think... If he stayed there for another two years at that level, three years, you would say, yeah, you'd have to just say, look, this guy's special. Uh, but he's 
he said the um, you know the itch and he's, he wants to try mm. the other game out and, he, and he's and he's got some a great opportunity there um, and I think it's a courageous decision by him but he, I, I think he's got the qualities um, to be able to to do it and um, and I don't mean just his footballing ability but also the smarts to understand what he needs to do he seems like a very measured man and a, and a, and a, and a smart person so I think uh, um, he will do well I think it's the great, results, actually. It's great for the code, isn't yeah. it? I mean, you've got Israel yeah, Folau uh, and you've yeah. got someone like Sam Burgess. I mean, rugby attracting yeah. some big athletes. Well, it definitely is. And, and it has had a lot of media over here. Um, and, uh, you know, as I say, I think the key is where he settles into a position. You know, personally, I think he'd be a great 12. That's yeah, how I look I at him. As a 12, you can be... Um, you know, you can be a, like another wing forward in a way if 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 you can you know develop the skills, but you can also um, add a bit of a bit of flexibility in terms of how you play in the twelve. If you've got someone like Sam Burgess there, so uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go with it all. You know, Bath have George Ford there, um, the ten. Um, you know, some are tipping him to to usurp uh, Farrell. You know, mm-hmm. as a ten for England going into the World Cup, um, but but. He'll be playing with him on a regular basis at Bath, and um, that's got to serve him as well. So uh, I think it's it's exciting, and I'll be looking forward to seeing how he does go in in, in the in the near future. I think it's the biggest crosscode signing since Les Kiss joined the Springboks. <laughs> hey, it has to be. Uh, that's true. That was a while ago. A few years ago now. Yeah, a long time ago now, guys. <laughs> uh, Liz, that's, uh, that's been one hell of a journey. You, 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 you must uh, thank the Lord or whoever you thank uh, uh, for getting involved in it because it's uh, it's been quite a journey for you. Buddha. Yeah, it certainly has. Yeah, from uh, from the Springboks back to the Waratahs, um, the good old days. Uh, and then across to Ireland, it's been a nice little journey. It's um, I think it was... Um, um, uh, Harry, what's the the, the famous? Brilliant. No, no, the uh, the Wallaby front rower, uh, Richard Harry. Well, Richard Harry, yeah. Uh, he's, he once used to say um, in the in the big debate about what's best rugby or or, or rugby league, and he says, "Look, I, I play, I play rugby. I see the world." I rugby league i see wigan and i think that it says a lot about about the, the differences in the, the game good but, in wigan. <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> yeah, of course but i um well, you've no, seen both is, mate league is a massive game yeah i've seen both so i've been lucky <laughs> and um but but union in, in the journey i've had it's i've seen a lot of places i've experienced a lot of good things and um but more importantly it's it's coaching and that's what i love doing and, and working with with people and, and and groups and trying to get the best out of each other and ourselves, and, and build something that's important and, and has meaning, and, uh, and 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 I'm fortunate enough to still be able to do that, which is fantastic. I'll tell you what it did do, and which no other code has been able to do, is fill Soldier Field in Chicago for the All Blacks USA game. Now you've played, you've you've had a lot of involvement in the USA, and of course we've got the great Rugger Matrix America podcast uh, with Bruce McLean and Alex Goff, Pat Clifton. Um, that was an amazing scene, but how about the the blow up when the in the local paper they said the Aussies uh, uh, beat the Eagles? We'll take that. Yeah, yeah we will take it. Well, we we I think um, 
uh, it's like them getting uh, Russell Crowe as an Aussie. <laughs> you know, we know we know he's a Kiwi. Yeah, well, I uh, it happens Russell. a lot, doesn't it? But uh, <laughs> Sam Neill's an Aussie, but he's a Kiwi. You know, all that sort of stuff. But um, uh, yeah, it was quite funny actually. We all had a chuckle over here, that's for sure. But it, you know, how, how how great were the pictures? A massive though? occasion. Sorry. Oh, how great massive. were the pictures? You know, it was fantastic. Yeah, that was a fantastic occasion, and. Um, and I really enjoy listening to the USA commentary, the, the way that they commentate and the way they they go six one and you know they talk figures and numbers about their weight and height and all this. And, Dan uh, Carter, the and have, uh, uh, the Michael yeah, Jordan, yeah, and and just their their technical take in the game is brilliant. Yeah. I, I think that they're real students of the game. The people involved in rugby, I I love I love talking to 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 the Americans about the game of rugby. They they have a great fascination mm. for it and. Um, and, and uh, you know, one day they're going to get it really right and support around the whole thing, and they can be a dangerous nation, uh, you know, in 10, 10 or 15 years' time if they do things right. Yeah, well, the Olympic Sevens is going to help in that regard, Casho. If we, um, Absolutely. We'll wind it up because we've got to let Kissy get a, a sleep in before taking on the Wallabies. Absolutely, Liz. Uh, t- talking to the guys in the, in the States, uh, one of the guys in the, in the Rays, uh, Greg Peterson, who you probably know, a big unit uh, made his test debut against Romania on the, on the weekend, so uh, oh, I think he's oh. looking around for a club. He's six foot ten and about uh, about uh, eighteen stone, and uh, has matured considerably. Only twenty three years of age, so if you can fit him up with a club, Les, give us a yeah, call. Has he got any? Has he got any Irish? Uh, blood in him, mate. <laughs> well, he's, uh, he's from the east coast of the states, so there's a lot of lot of island over there. Good yeah, chance. yeah, yeah. I'll keep it. Yeah, I'll have a look at that because um, look, it's it's interesting. Uh, you know, the nature of of, of modern rugby, it, it, how how global it's become. You're looking for players everywhere to to, to move around, and they move around a lot nowadays. And, um, um, and and one of the things is each club is trying to shore up every position and. Um, Particularly from an island perspective, we you know we, we've got four provinces only, and if we've got people who can fit the the mould and and uh, Irish, then it, all the better. So if he's got any there, we'll throw him into the, one of the clubs here. That's for sure. <laughs> Casho, any danger you can use of the metric system? You know, we have to modernise. What are you using <laughs> island? Because is it uh, imperial or? Uh, kilos and centimetres, yeah. 118 kilos. Yeah, okay. 204 centimetres. That's all I like to see. Eh? You say over two metres four, that's even more impressive. Yeah. Um, all right, well, Les Kiss, mate, we appreciate you joining us on episode 198. Hey, um, uh, if we weren't delayed, we would have been to 200 already, but we're two episodes away from 200, Kissy, and you were there from the start. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's... Um, been a nice journey that one isn't it guys but uh look great to chat again um uh i've got to say that it's uh, been a while but it's been good to catch up and have a chat i um i'm just going back to our our, our first ever podcast mm. Brock, do you remember what, which one that one was uh was it number one number one <laughs> <laughs> no no before we did uh rugged oh, matrix and the first ever was in yeah. christchurch me you uh morgan Turanui. And, and Chris Whitaker, we recorded it onto yeah. a, a video camera tape. And, that's uh, right. And, and, and Over a bottle of red. 2006. Yeah. That's when yeah. we did it. Yeah. So yeah. it was absolutely amazing. 2006? Wow. That's well, podcasting time. wasn't that old, actually, at the time. No, barely a year no, old. No. So um, Kissy yeah. Trailblazers back then. So we've done a few shows together. Now, um, yeah. we've got uh, show 200. You've got to come on that. That's in two weeks' time. Yeah. 
Yeah, perfect. Well, uh, give me a text and we'll arrange a time for sure, mate. That'd be great. All right. So Johnny Depp, I mean, Les Kiss. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. Can I just, yeah, I'm just touching it. Look at that. Huh? Johnny Depp, <laughs> hey, you're looking sharp. How's the family, by the way? Uh, yeah, they're all going well. You know, the, Sophie's smarter than you now, my by middle, the way, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Middle-aged crisis, they call it. So I got... Um, yeah, I still cop it from them. No, they're going great. She's 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 really powering along, and 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 Lockie's got his last year of school here, and wow. uh, and Julie's as good as ever. So um, all going love well, Julie. mate. We're, I love to Julie we're, for putting up with you mate, for so long. <laughs> we're actually looking forward to the Christmas here. It's um you know the it, it's actually been quite mild to date, and and but we hear it's going to be a very 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 cold Christmas coming up. So hopefully there's a bit of snow here. Not that the locals like to hear you say that, but all us Aussies we love to see the snow. Yeah. It just stops the city, but we love to see the snow. Here, so. <laughs> That's great. All right, Les. Well, good luck against Australia this weekend. We hope it's a ding dong battle, and uh, make sure you catch up with Michael Checker. I'm sure you'll have a bit of a beer after the game. Yeah, I'll catch up with them and Grazy and a few of the blokes for sure. It's um. I think they have one more game after they play us. Uh, yeah. So uh, got a long program. You know, it, it, yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll it'll be good to catch up with them, and hopefully, hopefully, um, I'm on the right side of the ledger there. So anyway, <laughs> cheers, guys. Appreciate it. Nice to, nice to chat. There he is. Let's kiss with the peace symbol as always, and victory as well, I guess, for this weekend. Casho, thanks for joining us. Good to see you. Peace out, brother. And uh, thanks for joining us for Rugged Matrix International. Glad to be back. Uh, we're two episodes away from episode 200, and that'll give us a chance to wrap up the Autumn Internationals in Europe. And uh, there are so many happening. We'll cover those uh, next week as well. Thanks for your company. We'll join you again next week on Rugger Matrix International. Yeah.